0: Now, in Luke's gospel, where this prayer is mentioned again, the uh, disciples had been watching Jesus pray. And they maybe had noticed how intimately he spoke with his father. What a good relationship he had with his father. Maybe they also thought of the miraculous powers that came to him after spending time with his father. And so they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to do what you do. We want to pray like you pray. Would you teach us to pray? So he taught them this Prayer and he said, When you pray, didn't say when I pray, when you pray, you say, Our Father. And it was the word our that, that struck me again. There are just three, there are just two other people in this world that I can say our father did this, or our father said that, or my dad went there. These two people are my brother Philip and my sister Ruth, <laughs> because we are a family. There's three of us. We are brothers and sisters. <clears throat> so Jesus said to these 12 disciples, when you pray, say our. This is a recognition of relationship. When Jean and I were in our first church in Hayes in Middlesex, way back in 1850, (laughs) 1968, good gracious. There was a lovely old lady in our church called Mrs. Hearn. And she had bad hips and bad everything. so She couldn't walk properly. She walked with a stick. She called it Tom Sawyer. <laughs> uh, and uh, I invited my father down and a previous minister to take some special, special services, services for us. And uh, in these services, we prayed for the sick, uh, Miss, Mrs. Hearn, uh, got wonderfully healed. <laughs> she cast away Tom Sawyer, <laughs> ran round the church, this old lady running round the church, as, as fit as a fiddle. She went to see one of her daughters up in Scotland Some time later, and she became very ill. And the doctor came, and he found that her blood pressure was very low. He said to her, uh, your blood pressure is very low. She, she said to her, have you been taking blood pressure tablets? Yes, she said, I've taken them for years. He said, well, there was a time when you should have dropped them off. <laughs> I believe when she got rid of Tom Sawyer and she started hopping around the church, God touched her blood pressure as well. <laughs> so that was Mrs. Earn, but that, that's not what I want to talk to you about. Mrs. Hearn had a daughter and her husband, and they were unable to uh, to have children. And so they adopted a little girl. Um, Now, this little girl was one of a twin. There were twin girls. Mrs. Hearn's daughter adopted one of them, and someone else adopted another. Well, the child grew. Up in this uh, um, one-child family, and she always said to her adoptive parents, I would love to have had a sister. Well, she went uh, through school and into senior school, and she got friendly with another girl in the church, in in the school, (laughs) uh, and they were pals. But still, she said she would, even though she got a good friend, she would love to have had a sister. Well, it turned out that the other girl she was befriending was actually her twin sister. I mean, she knew she was a- a- adopted, but I don't think she knew about that she had another s- twin sister. And for some reason, for how it happened, I don't know, but they got to know that these two girls were actually sisters. And so the two adoptive parents brought them together and said, you know, you've been wanting to have a sister, and here is your sister. (laughs) And it was a rather nice story, a true story, and uh, it was quite famous at the time around where we were. Um, And the point of it is that these two thought they were friends, but actually they were sisters. They were related. Now, you are sitting next to somebody who you think may just be a grumpy old... (coughs) (coughs) Bit of the flesh coming out there. (laughs) But you're actually sitting next to a brother or a sister. The recognition, when you pray, say... Our Father. Now, Jesus was talking to the 12 disciples in, in, in the immediate context, but he's talking to us as well. <clears throat> now, these 12 disciples were very different from one another. And you might think, I don't like some of my Christian <laughs> brothers. <laughs> these disciples were very different. You have Peter natural leader, but he often spoke without thinking. He could be inspired by God to receive revelation of the Christ, he could always be, also be used of Satan, because it was Peter who said this, you, you never go to the cross. Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan. Peter could be up and he could be down. You may remember when uh, the disciples were in the boat, Uh, and uh, Jesus came to them walking along the sea, and uh, they thought it was a ghost. They shouted out for fear, and Jesus said, "'Don't be afraid, it's not a ghost, it's me.'" And Peter said, "'If it's really you, Lord, bid me come.'" So Jesus said, "'Come on, then.'" Peter hopped out of the boat, walked on the water, until he realized he was walking on water, and then he began to sink. And he prayed one of those prayers in my father's church in, in Blackburn. In those days, we used to have prayer meetings where one person would stand up and pray and all of us would say, amen, or start, and he would sit down. And were... Well, this brother, he used to start his prayer always like this, and we as kids, we used to peep. <laughs> this is how he started his prayer, we have wended our way from persons, places, and pastures to come to this thy house, O oh God. Now, I could just imagine Peter as he's sinking, saying, we have wended our way from... <laughs> he said, Lord, save me. It was a, it was a, a quick prayer. Jesus reached down, and lifted him up, said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Come on. So Peter could be up and he could be down. Peter promised a lot, but fail to deliver sometimes. Though all people forsake you, I'll never, I'll even go to the cross and die with you. Jesus said, Peter, he said, before the cockerel crows t- twice tonight, you will have denied me three times that you know me. You, you, you even know me. Peter was like that, he was up and down. His brother Andrew was different. His brother Andrew, I think, was probably um, not such a natural leader, but more easygoing. He was a very approachable person. He was an introducer. You might remember, he introduced his own brother Peter to Jesus. And then when Jesus was looking on the crowds of the 5,000, it was Andrew that said, there is a boy here, Jesus. He's got five loaves and two fish. And when the Greeks came to Jesus toward the end of his life, they came to see Philip and they said, Philip, we want to see Jesus. So Philip called Andrew and then Andrew introduced them to Jesus. He was an introducer. James and John, of course, were different. Jesus called these people the sons of thunder. Good gracious. They, were um, very ambitious for position. They were ladder climbers. And uh, they came to Jesus one day and they said, Lord, we, we want you to do for us whatever, you've got to say yes, you've, you, you've got to say, we're going to ask you something, you've got to say yes. So what is it? And the mum was there, they brought the mother along as well. And they said, Lord, we, I would like, mum took over. She said, I would like, when you come to your kingdom, I would like these two wonderful boys. Mothers and sons, eh? Doesn't it make you, anyway. <laughs> these two wonderful sons of mine, I, I, I would like one to sit on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. Wow. And when the others, when the others heard what they were asking, They were angry at James and John. James and John were ambitious for themselves. They were pushers. And uh, they they could also be vindictive. Jesus was going past a village of the Samaritans, and the Samaritan village uh, didn't want to receive Jesus. So James and John had a bright idea. They said, Lord, shall we call down fire upon them? just like Elijah did. Jesus said, no, he said, we've come to save men's lives. So these people were different. Thomas, Thomas, what can we say? He saw a problem everywhere. He said, it's a lovely day. Thomas said, it's going to rain in the afternoon. I once had a treasurer, not here, (laughs) I once had a treasurer. He said, I could always give you ten reasons why this couldn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, he was difficult to work with. So the church is a mixed bag of people. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they were all perfect like you? (laughs) This is what the Apostle Paul wrote. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. Why are Christians so different? Well, there are different temperaments. We've all got a bit of a different temperament temperament. I went to, uh, you remember Pastor John Smith when he, well, he was here, of course, but he was the field superintendent up in Cheltenham, where, where our headquarters used to be, and from time to time I would, I would go up there. And behind John Smith's desk, there was a plaque, and it said this, be patient, God's not finished with me yet. <laughs> I thought it was an excuse for him to be nasty, but... (coughs) (coughs) We have different temperaments, and it will come up on the screen. I'm just going to list the the four temperaments that uh, um, are... uh, Ah. Okay. First of all, we have the sanguine person. I think Peter was one of these. There are... There are good sides to this temperament and there are not so good sides to this temperament, okay? So what are the sanguine people like? They're talkative, outgoing, enthusiastic, warm, personable, friendly, compassionate, and carefree. (coughs) But they also have a downside. And the downside is they can be weak-willed, Unstable, undisciplined, restless, undependable, egocentric, loud. They can exaggerate and be fearful. Do you know this person? (laughs) 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 Then we have the phlegmatic temperament. These people are calm, easygoing. Efficient, conservative, practical. They're a leader. They can be diplomatic. They're humorous and they're dependable. Those are the good signs. The downside is they can be stingy, (laughs) fearful, indecisive, unmotivated, selfish. They can be a spectator and they can be self-protective. Then we have the cholerics. Now, these people, these are strong-willed. They're determined, independent, optimistic, practical, productive, decisive. They're a leader. They are confident. But the downside of it is that they can be angry, cruel, sarcastic sometimes, domineering, inconsiderate, proud, Self-sufficient, unemotional, and crafty. Do you know these people? Are you sat next to one? (laughs) Then we have the melancholy. They say this is the richest of the temperaments. (laughs) These people are gifted, analytical, sensitive. They're often perfectionists, aesthetic, idealistic, loyal, and self-sacrificing. These are good qualities, but there's the other side. They can be moody, negative, self-centered, theoretical, impractical, unsociable, revengeful, critical, and rigid. Dear me. (laughs) So people are different. This is what I'm saying. We all have different, we may be a mix of the one or two. I, I can see myself in a few of these. Unfortunately, <laughs> you may be a mix of some of these, and you wonder why some Christians are not as far along as they ought to be it 's frustrating uh, sometimes, but well, you're a Christian and you this is uh, Tim Keller uh, uh, who has just died the, the preacher in America in, in new York who 's just died. I was listening to a little um, thing he was saying um, on YouTube. And <clears throat> he said, why, why some Christians don't behave very Christian-like. In fact, he said, why some non-Christians sometimes behave a lot better than Christians. And this, I, I, I hope I can say it right. I don't wanna say it wrong, if I can help it. He said, people from a well-adjusted f- family, honest, uh, um, didn't tell lies, paid the bills, all the, a well-adjusted Mum and dad stayed together and the, a well-adjusted family, they don't feel they need Christ. They, they feel that they're okay on their own. They, they, they're, they're a good people and they don't feel the need for salvation. Others maybe have started from further back. Maybe mum and dad are not together. Maybe different fathers in and out. And maybe there was uh, drugs or what have you involved. And and anger and resentment, there may be abuse, things like that. And they're starting from further back. So they have a bit of a journey to go. So we come to John Smith's slogan, be patient. (laughs) God's not finished with us yet. (laughs) We're people in the making. And uh, the Lord wants to change us from the negative to the positive. And there's a verse in... It will come up on the screen, I think. Um, There's a verse in Corinthians that goes like this. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible paints two faces for us. One is the face of human nature at its its worst. We call it the flesh. And uh, it's recorded in... um, Galatians, it says, uh, the works of the sinful nature are manifest, which are these sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness wild parties and other scenes like these. And then he says, let me tell you again, as I've told you before, anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's a picture of human nature at its worst. And there's another picture on this side. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, as we look in the face of Jesus, we see love, joy, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (laughs) self-control. Now, our text says, We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Something is happening. If you look within... If you're anything like me, you can get in despair at times. Oh, why am I not better at this or better at. <laughs> if you look at self, 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 and self improvement, self, all that, <clears throat> sometimes, I think, all the time, I think, you'd be disappointed. But when you look at Christ, you see his glory, his love, his joy, his peace, his long suffering, his gentleness, his kindness his faithfulness, his self If you see all the virtues of Jesus and you walk with Jesus, something is happening to you. You don't realize it, but something is happening to you. We are being changed from one degree of glory to another. Hallelujah. So as you... As you walk with the Lord, as you walk with Christ in the Word of God, as you fellowship with Him, something is happening to you. You're not introspective all the time, looking at your faults and looking at your failings and how you could be better. It's by grace we're saved. It's by His goodness that we're brought into the family of God. And as we look and walk with Christ, we are being changed. You know, the people who work in a perfume factory. Everybody knows where they work because they take a little of the fragrance home with them. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, I want to take a little of the fragrance of Christ along this world. <clears throat> uh, the, the book of Romans tells us what, how we are to act and react to one another as believers. It says, in, 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 um, I'll not read all the, 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 uh, the references, but it says, in honor, preferring one another, rather you than me. Love one another. So let us stop condemning one another. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ accepted you. And then it says, teach one another and greet one another in Christian love. So when you pray, said Jesus, say, our Father, our. You are brothers. One is your Father. You are all brothers and sisters. So when you pray, recognize that we are one in Christ. My father had... um, Three brothers, my uncles. There was my uncle Tom, who was rather strange. (laughs) My uncle Roy, and my uncle Harold, who I never knew because he moved to America when I was very small. He lived in a place called Santa Ana in California. But when we were in Hayes, He came to visit us in England, and I was to welcome him or go and uh, get him off the railway station. And I wondered how on earth I would recognize him. Well, the train pulled in, hundreds of people got off that train. I thought, where is he? I'm looking. And then I saw this person. He was a spitting image of my other uncle, my Uncle Tom. He's very handsome. (laughs) Uh, There was the family likeness. And you know, brothers and sisters, there is the family likeness. You could go to Africa and you'll find people like you. You go to China, people like you. Go to the ends of the earth to find the believers. Hallelujah. (laughs) And uh, we were at a wedding yesterday. Somebody got married here yesterday. And they played a tune in uh, Ukrainian. I didn't know the words. But, But to hear those Ukrainian Christians singing the praises of God, I thought, they're my brothers and sisters. I may never see them on this world, but they're brothers and sisters. So, the message this morning is our father. We are in the same relationship. And how we treat one another depends on how God treats us. Now, for people who are married, listen to this challenging verse. It's convicted me many times. It's in the book of Peter. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Listen and all that. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Have you got it? The way I treat her (laughs) is the way God is going to treat me. She's a wonderful woman. (laughs) How we treat one another is how God feels about us. You remember when Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus, full of hate for Christians. Letters of authority in his pocket to arrest them in Damascus. And as they got near the city, God struck him down. A light above the brightness of the sunshine struck him to the ground. He fell off his donkey onto the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Was he persecuting Jesus? He was persecuting God's people. And in persecuting God's people, he was persecuting the Lord. So how we treat one another is how we're feeling about Christ. We should honor one another, love one another, because he said, all you are brothers. There's another verse in in, in Romans which kind of balances us a little bit. It says, "If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men." (laughs) How many of you know? Sometimes it's not possible. You've done your level best. You've 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 you you you've sought everything. But as much as depends on you, live peaceably. With all men. Hallelujah. Be patient. God's not finished with us yet. I wonder, as we're in church this morning, whether you feel that you are in the family of God. You can be, (laughs) to be part of the body of Christ for whom he died. And in a moment, we're going to take communion, and I'm going to ask you to pray. And if there's something in your heart, if you're holding something in your heart and niggle against somebody, oh dear me, Lord, I'm going to ask you to confess it out to God. Get rid of it. Let it go. Leave them to God. Let it go. And then we take communion with a clean heart. Because when Jesus said pray, he said, recognize the relationship that you have. Peter, you're up and down like a yo-yo. Thomas, at the moment, you're a bit of a drag on us all. James and John, we'll not talk about you. But you're going to be changed. And you ought to love one another. Because I have loved you the way you are, with all your faults and with all your failings. For God so loved the world, he loved us all. And he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life.